Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us today, it is Max Raymond of District On Deck. It is draft day for the Washington Commanders. We'll get to a little bit of that in a bit. But the Washington Nationals, that's what we're talking about today. We've got a 2-1 loss last night that really should have been a win. Thanks, Major League Baseball, for deading the baseballs. Uh, you've, you've really you hurt the Nationals last night and hurt offense across the league. Also, we'll discuss the big debate topic. Should Luis Garcia get called up to the major leagues and take the shortstop position? Really just to give a jolt in the Nationals order. And also, we'll get Max's thoughts on what should be done with Patrick Corbin, a topic that's been discussed uh, on this channel a good amount. So that's coming up on today's show right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Once again, hello, Josh Neighbors here with Max Raymond of District on uh, on Deck. Max, how are we? Good to see you again. What's up, man? It's been a while. Thanks for having me back. Uh, are you dealing with the spring cold? It sounds like just a little bit. Yeah, dude. It uh, allergies suck, and it's turning more into a cold also. So, like, yeah, I'm wearing my winter coat because it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, there you go. I mean, I think a lot of people are, especially, you know, that's, that's the one nice thing. Like, it's cool. We love to watch cherry blossoms bloom, right, in the D.C. area. Love to watch trees and, you know, just it, it, like the, I will say the one nice thing about Virginia is that it really does. Like, you can tell when it's spring, right? Yeah. Um, the problem is one of the big signs is that everything that you own that is outside, it becomes covered in pollen. That is the one sign that it's spring, which sucks. It's awful. I mean, I we got tricked last week. It was, the other day it was supposed to rain. I was like, let's go. It's going to wash everything away. And I got sprinkles. I was like, and it was just there. I was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, I know one guy who's saying, cool, awesome, great. Last night was Yadiel Hernandez uh, who okay. hit, you know, Hit a what 107 mile exit velocity ball at a 30 degree angle that ends up, you know, not going out of the park. And guys were talking about it. Uh, Nelson Cruz talked about it. Um, but it ended up being the Nationals falling 2 1. Now, look, you know, the one, the one big issue the Nationals are having is that they're not generating offense throughout baseball games, right? There, there's moments where they could get offense. And then stuff happens like guys get, you know, consecutive runners get thrown out of home or a ball full, you know, falls short of going over the fence. The problem is, you know, the reason why they're not scoring runs, in my opinion, Max, is that they're not putting up, a, they're not putting enough pressure on um, enough. They're, they're not, con- you know, they're not threatening in the third and the fourth and the sixth and the eighth and, and the ninth. They're threatening like in the fifth and then they might have a little something going on in the seventh, but that's, that's it. So last night, he hit the ball 107.3 miles per hour, 30 degrees, 361 foot flyout. It had an expected batting average of 950. Just, just, just think about that. That's disgusting. So it's awful. I, and I will say this: like, like the offense is a problem, but Nationals fans, like, like they deserve, they deserve something, right? They, that, they deserve a win. They deserved a grand slam right there. They've earned it. They've watched patiently. This team has sucked this year. They deserve that, and the baseball gods, they taketh away. 
the Nats offense has been so bad. They don't need MLB allegedly changing the baseballs to make it even worse. Like they don't need help not scoring runs. And they're getting it. What do you think about the offense generally, though? You think it's just it's just a lack of quality guys. It's guys struggling. You know what 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 do you think is going on with the offense right now? I don't know, man. I think it's a few things because last year we got a glimpse of what the offense could be after all the trades and stuff. They weren't mm-hmm. terrible. I mean, they couldn't really drive runs in, but they got people on in spades and they were fun to watch, right? And now you got people that were part of that. Lane Thomas, he it was it looks more like he was a flash in the pan. Can't hit righties to save his life, and teams are taking advantage of that. Also, Yuzi Escobar was very good last year for what he was and what we brought him in for. And he's been arguably the worst player in baseball this year. Um, as of like three, four days ago, he was like third or fourth, la- the last in um, B and F war. Like, we don't need that. Um, Mikhail Franco had two good games. Everyone thought he was good, and he's back to what everyone knew he was. Uh, and then it's just all these aging veterans that can't get a team with anyone else on a second worst team in baseball. Reds are the worst. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason other teams didn't want them. So no, it's not surprising the offense is bad. I'm a little surprised how bad it is because, as I said last year, they, they showed flashes. Even Juan Soto struggling. Nelson Cruz, it looks like Father Time has finally got up to him. The only dude that's been consistent is Josh Bell and Ruiz. Ruiz is hitting. Yeah, Ruiz is hitting. He's 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 – kind of almost like Michael Franco where it's like either two hits or no hits, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like those guys, that's, that's kind of how things roll for them. But yeah, they're having issues putting it all, it all together. Um, and I, I, no, I will say this, the starting pitching has not been very good. Um, I actually, I think Josiah Gray's been, been good, but that's, he's one fifth of the starting pitching. So like if 20% is doing well, you know, we can't talk about the rest of it. Um, one thing that's been positive is like the, the Nats are not getting consistently blown out in games. Now the games are close ish and it feels like the nationals can't really do a whole lot about it. Cause they're not, their offense isn't very good, but like, it's not like we're seeing a, a bunch of nine run games. If they have two, had two blowouts in the, in the, you know, in, in the um, they're losing streak, but a four, three loss, Five two loss, another five two loss, a two to one loss, you know. And the the one reason for this, in my opinion, is this is a positive, you know, because there's so much negative happening right now. Like the bullpen's been such a pleasant surprise. I mean, there have been so many guys that have stepped up, and you know, I think the bullpens continue to pitch well despite the fact that guys like Will Harris wasn't even there to start the season. Mason Thompson goes down early on in the season. You lose Sean yeah. Doolittle, who is off to a really awesome start, and. Look, these guys have come in. You know, it's been Erasmo Ramirez, and you know, it, uh, you know, they they've brought in uh, Victor Arano, who's been awesome so far this season. You know, that's the one thing I think everybody can say. Like, at least it's not the you know, this is not the bullpen blowing leads at a alarming rate like it was last year. The problem is with the rotation struggling to go five six innings. I gave it a month before the bullpen starts blowing leads because they're so tired. Like right. Tanner Rainey has been excellent, which I don't know if people expect it or not, but he's finally healthy. He's in the zone. And they're not – they overworked him in 2020. And this year they've been very smart about when to use him. But what happens when rosters um, decrease because it's no longer – 28 goes to 26. And then what happens then when we only have uh, eight relievers instead of 10? We don't have the extra reinforcements to handle the stress I mean, last night, Fetty was excellent and still only went four and two-thirds. I mean, 
they're the bullpen's not going to survive from that, and it sucks because the bullpen has finally been entertaining. Yeah, I, I will say that they're actually, the bullpen's actually like fun to like. I I think it's exciting to see different guys on different nights go, and that's the problem. Is and the, you know as good as Fetty was last night, the issue was these guys aren't giving themselves chances to be extended. You know, a lot of times last night, Eric Fetty threw 92 pitches in four and two thirds innings and just not enough. Like it's just not enough length. Now it's two, one game. So everything's everything, you know, is, you know, you're, you're, you are putting a cap on how well they're doing offensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to me, that's, that's the thing is like, you know, uh, uh, the, the starters are just not getting deep enough, and uh, you know guys aren't attacking the strikes zone enough. The guys are, you know, guys aren't, aren't being crafty enough with their pitching, and uh, and then a, a switch flips right. Like the bullpen, it's, it's like a bunch of different guys show up, and it's like, oh, here are the actual pitchers. Um, and a lot of them are guys, you know, that that people didn't want for various reasons, right? You know, Arano shows up, and and, and that guy has been somebody due to injuries. Uh, that people you know didn't want him. C-Shack's getting up there in age. Maybe that's why you know there weren't as many uh, people after him. And Kyle Finnegan, not somebody who's certainly you know really sought after. Nats were able to get him, and, and he's done pretty well, I think, for the most part this season. So it's it's kind of an odd collection of guys. That's normally what bullpens are, but this is the one actually as a pen. Now here's the thing, Max. Their numbers are not going to end up being very good. No. Just no. because of the workload they're taking on and how many runs they're actually going to end up giving up, but our friend Matt Weirich from NBC Sports Washington said, "Yeah, right now out of all the bullpens in Major League Baseball, guess which one has worked the most innings? It's the Washington Nationals. Not, not shocking at all, right? I bet it's a lot too. Like I bet the difference is up there because if you think about it, almost every baseball team in um, the league, you can at least name one starter on a team that you like. He will consistently give them five to six innings maybe two the Nats can you really say that can you say Josiah Gray can because he will I give it a year next year right. it will be consistently going six seven but as of now can you really say he's going to give you consistent five to seven I don't think you can and because of that the bullpen is going to get super strenuous and it's not going to be fun we saw this before I mean hell it happened last year yeah it did bullpen yeah, started it strong there's a reason we were able to get offers for Brad Hand and Daniel Hudson and guys like that because it was only the first half of the season, bullpen did decent. And then the bullpen fell apart because, um, yeah, the innings became a problem. All right, we're going to get to the big conversation, the big talking point of this show. Should the Nationals uh, bring up Luis Garcia? But quick word from our sponsors first. Today's show is brought to you guys by Blue Nile. If you are struggling to find a gift for Mother's Day, Blue Nile is the place to go. This Mother's Day, give mom something that she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase. This podcast is it's an exclusive for our listeners right now through Mother's Day. Use promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every other or every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. All right, Max. So you wrote about this, um, about Luis Garcia and about whether or not it's time to bring him up. So there are multiple. I think this is a really compelling argument. I think there are factors on both sides to consider. 
But Alcides Escobar has been um, really bad this year. He's one of the, he's been one of the worst players that he mentioned in the league, especially in terms of hitting for an everyday guy. He's just been miserable so far this season. Then you factor in, okay, Luis Garcia is a guy that we've seen in the major leagues before. He is tearing it up triple in AAA. But on the flip side, his defense has not been great. Um, he is a better athlete because he's younger than Alcides Escobar is. Uh, it probably makes that catch the other night on that ball that, that dropped in the just, during Josiah Gray start and allowed the fourth run to score. Um, but also, how much um, do you want to press the 21-year-old into service to try to jumpstart an offense for a 6-14 and 14 baseball team? Um, you know, that, I, think, I think there's so many combinations of factors here. Which makes this a really interesting talking point. I mean, here's where I, I sit. I once was like, yeah, put him in. And then I saw Davies' comments. And then I saw Matt Wayrick, he from NBC Sports Washington. He wrote a similar article before I did. Um, and he made some very valid points, which kind of swayed me to my opinion. I mean, is it really worth it to put a kid that needs to work on his defense that so you see as a long-term piece of your rebuild up early just because the team is doing bad when they were expected to do bad. We all knew they were going to be bad. We all we expected this. Like if you didn't, you're an idiot. Like get out from under your rock. Sorry. Yeah, th- this this bad this bad might be something I think is li- like I think like maybe you know like 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 six wins in your first twenty games. That's a thirty percent winning percentage. That is that's that's like next level bad. I agree. I don't. I mean, but it's just what it is. I mean, and right. the funny thing is, seven-game losing streak, still not the worst record in baseball. Yeah, it's, which is actually crazy to think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, Garcia, first five games of the minor league season, four errors. Since then, he's been much cleaner with the glove, which is good, but it's still a very small sample size. And everyone on Twitter is like, oh, just call him up, let him learn defense on the fly. Why? Do you really want to risk stunting his growth? that he becomes a defensive – like maybe there is a chance that he goes from a defensive liability to maybe one, minus one defensive run save. If you have a guy have the minus one defensive run save a year, you'll take that because that's not terrible. It's just right below right. average, especially if his bat can um, translate. Do you really want to risk screwing that up? And everyone's like, oh, we'll just call him up. He can learn on the fly. How is he going to learn on the fly? If he's already making these mistakes at AAA at a consistent rate, what's going to um, fix it at the MLB where the balls are going to be hit harder and faster and the players are faster themselves? Like We really expect him, if he can't do it now at AAA, to just on the fly fix it in the pros. And I get the argument that he needs to work on his bat at the major league level because he's yet to consistently prove that it belongs. And this current stint at AAA is very promising. But again, there's six wins. Why call him up now just because you're upset you're watching LCD's Escobar? Do these people right. not remember? I guess they don't remember the 06 team, the 07 team, the 08 team, 100 losses in a row, people that no one had ever heard of playing baseball, and we were just stuck with it. And Yeah, I, like, uh, now, I think now, Max, here's what I, here's what I would say. I would say – how about you give this a month or two, right? And when when it's abundantly clear that this thing is not working, right? Because right now it's early in the season, and like, and I think like, oh, you know, people might say this doesn't matter, Josh. We're talking about, but perception does matter. 
if you bring him up right now, what are you trying to do? We need you to jumpstart our offense is what you're saying, right? If you were to bring him up right mm-hmm. now. If you were to wait, let's just say two months, right? Well, right now it's it's the, it's April 28th. Let's just say you bring him up uh, beginning uh, – so that would put us at what? The beginning of July, essentially two months from now. What if you just said, all right, we're, we're – 10 and 10 and 70. I don't know. Just, just pick an awful number. Whatever you want to pick. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me. I did just yeah, exactly. Pick whatever bad number you want to. And you said, all right, we're gonna bring you up now. Defense has improved some. This we're not asking you to save anything. We're not asking you to jolt the lineup. We just want to see it now at the next level. If it doesn't work out, hey, you're 21 years old. All right. But let's just let's just see it. Would you be okay if they did that? I, I think. You know, we're talking about bringing him up. That would be the appropriate way to do it if if you were going to do it before like a September, right? I think middle of the season, you know, kind of. Hey, we're gonna bring Luis Garcia up now. You've been, you've been doing so well. It's not. It, it would not be a high pressure situation. The Nets suck right now. Not saying it's high pressure, but like if you did it right now, you're you're clear. You're saying, all right, we've seen enough of you in AAA. It's been less than a month. We'll get you out of here. And just to give you those numbers real fast, we'll let you get to your point. Um, it's been, let's see, I, this is the updated numbers I'm looking at right now. For, so I don't know if this has changed at all. 17 games in AAA. He's only had 75 ABs. Now he's 27 for 75. That's good enough uh, for a 360 batting average with a 407 on base. So he does not walk a whole lot, which is something you obviously want to see. 613 slugging and OPS of 1.020. He's got 12 runs driven in. Four of those are by way of the home run, uh, or he's got four home runs this year. So that's encouraging stuff. But once again, Max, we're talking about 17 games here. Yeah, I know. And 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 the 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 part that you know you really want to not hear about, but we got to mention here is the uh, the number of errors right now, which is at number is at uh, let's see, he's at four, I believe, right now. Four errors. He's got a 920 fielding percentage, which is not excellent. Not excellent. So as I said earlier, those four errors came in the first five games. So the fact that he hasn't committed right. errors since is very promising. Um, and it kind of skews his fielding percentage. But and I agree with what you said. I'm not saying not to call him up at all this season. I do hope he gets called up. July is perfect. He got called up in July last time. It was a good enough sample size and get enough experience. Because a few other things, people people are just looking at his batting average and OPS. I would like to read something. He has an OPS of one thousand twenty this year. His career minor league OPS is seven thirty one. He is so over his average career OPS in the minors. And he's playing out of his mind. And people see that and they're like, he's ready. I'm like, is he? He's going to fall off at some point. Yeah, his career OPS in the pros is 6'8". Like, he needs more experience even with the bat. People just see the 17 games and they freak out. And like, oh, my God, he's a stud. He's ready. I'm just like, you have to take everything into consideration, which people aren't doing. Yeah, and let's, let's just take a quick look here just to kind of give context to those numbers in the pros. A really nice 2020 season, right? A really nice 40 mm-hmm. games, the 139 plate appearances. He had 37 hits, uh, six two baggers, couple home runs, 16 runs driven in. He hit 276 with a 302 on base. So once again, not a guy that's walking a whole lot. In 2021, a bit worse, but still, you know, the guy's 20 years old at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, 242 average, 275 on base, 411 slugging, 686 OPS. 
at 87 OPS plus. He drove in 22 uh, runs. He did hit six homers. So, um, you know, the, the signs are encouraging. Like, this is a guy that, you know, and I've said this a bunch, like, when he's 23 or 24, or even 25, like, think about just at 25. Yeah. You're going to be a much stronger kid. Like he's, mm-hmm. like he's, you know, once he's actually not a kid anymore, he's, he's becoming the command man. He'll be, you know, he'll be somebody that that's going to be a, a guy that can hit for a bit more power, a bit more consistently. So I, I'm with you on this. There's no need to rush him at the earliest. I would say like July, right. When there's just not a lot of pressure and the team's not doing well. And we just say, all right, let's get a look, right. Let's get a look. Let's bring you up. You know, if, if things have continued well, if his fielding, uh, you know, continues to improve, then you call him up and say, all right, let, let's see. Let's see here, Luis, and there's not a ton of pressure. Um, I, I think that is the right way to handle that. Are you in agreement with me? I oh, I agree. Uh-huh. And Matt even added a good point. Um, part of the reason they kept Escobar over uh, Garcia is so hopefully he could have a decent season. They could flip him for prospects. You can't flip right. him for anything right now. You want to hope that Escobar at one point can maybe salvage some of this. The team is like, hey, he's hitting well. Maybe we need a utility infielder for our playoff run, and we're willing to give up a depth prospect. Right now, they're they're going to get laughed off the phone. But if they right. wait and they get lucky and he can turn it around, and just even if he hits like 250 the rest of the season, people will take that, for especially because he can play multiple positions. That's very valuable in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. Like, so they have a couple guys right now that are like that. Um, Cesar Hernandez is that is I mean I think mm-hmm. Dave like I think Dave likes him but I think he's definitely one of those guys that, that they're going to hopefully that they can flip right I hope so uh Michael Franco I mean yeah, I you know, know as inconsistent as he is he's but he's in that conversation right now he's definitely in the conversation for it and with Carter Keebum coming back it makes a lot of sense Alcides Escobar that that was the hope right if he could continue any semblance of what he did last year that's a guy with world championship. He's a world champion, right? He was a lead nope. offender for a world champion winning team. Yes, yes, MVP. Right. And so this is a guy that, that has credentials and really has, mm-hmm. hasn't really panned out in, in that direction for them. Um, but yeah, all right. One more quick word from our sponsors. We'll hit on some Patrick Corbin stuff here real quickly. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net. NFL draft is coming up tonight. You guys can find uh, all kinds of props at uh at bet online and betonline.net you know uh certain pick taken in a certain spot by a certain time that's available there on bet online and betonline.net um if you guys want to find props for you know hey Malik Willis over under fifth pick you guys can bet on that tonight at betonline.net it's a fun way to make it happen also my guy Sam Prince is doing the fifth pick of the draft uh, he's doing the, the Giants pick. He'll be doing it live, so check that out too. You guys just did just a little draft note there. But, yeah, you guys want to bet on the draft, bet online, and betonline.net today. Bet online, it's where the game starts. All right, Max, I'll ask you same thing that Matt Weirich and I talked about the other day. I want to get your thoughts on this. What's the Nats do with Patrick Corbin? Do you keep chucking him out there every fifth day, or do you go and you find, like, Tanner Roark in free agency and say, all right, we'll bring you back. Patrick, you're going to go to the pen because we've got too much money invested in you over the course of the next three years, we need to find some way to get your confidence back. We'll move you back to a starter eventually, but right now we need you. We need you to find a way to get to get some semblance of confidence back because it's not doing anybody good right now. Do you cut the guy outright and just pay the money? I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. Um, what do you do? What What do you do with Patrick Corbin right now? I don't even know if translating to the bullpen will help him right now. I think it's a confidence issue. I mean, like. Mm. 
the guy is getting zero support from the fan base, right? Fan base has turned on him so fast. I don't you know, in twenty twenty when he struggled, everyone was like, It's okay, he's having a bad year, world world series hero. Last year they turned on him bad. And this year it's like he doesn't even exist. They're just like coming from the guy's having performance issues on the field. He's having confidence issues. The fan base is turned on him. There's not a lot going right for him. So it's hard for him with all of these like factors all going on at once. Right. I mean, I would love to say, yeah, put him in the bullpen and he could be consistent. But you remember 2019, Austin Voe from a very small sample size looked very good in the rotation, but we put him in the bullpen because the rotation was full and he's been arguably the worst reliever on the team. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't. You don't cut him. They're not going to cut him. The fan base is – I mean, with the whole issues about selling the team and the fact that there's some allegedly so much money in debt, they're not going to cut them. They're business people. Like, And also the Nats are the type of people that they always think they're right. So if they uh, – cut them that's kind of them giving up and saying they're wrong they would never oh, yeah. do that like right. there's zero well chance. i mean yeah you know and, and this this uh, it's so bleak right now it makes you forget that steven strasberg is is somewhere out there right he you know and, and look uh, i think all the signs are encouraging for him but the the nationals because they've already they already struck out once when it came to bringing him back right yeah. that was an out and out disaster they are taking their time with this as they should be but right now, when Patrick Corbin is, you know, he's he's your front man, right? I mean, he is yep. the highest paid player on the, on the team, um, you know, that's playing right now. He's like the front man. And the fact that he is, you know, we celebrated the Max Scherzer contract as we should have. It's, it's, it's in my opinion, I, I, I really believe this. It's probably the greatest contract in not just MLB history. It might be the greatest contract in like American sports history. You think, I, I, you, you think like as a free agent signing? As, a, as like, yeah. Well, let's, let's just put it in this category. Like, think about a time where a team signed a big time free agent like that that brought him over from a different team, and the guy was he lived up to he earned every single dollar that you paid him, and then more. Just thinking like big time for agencies, you know, now there's some contracts where it's like, well, let's sign this guy for one year, six million or two, three, three years, whatever million. I mean, like big time star player where you, well, where you pay like how many of those failed in baseball? I so mean, many. so many, even so Nationals many. have some other roster right now. And don't forget. I mean, there's one guy that like, I think I agree with you that it might be the best, but there's one guy at time with when this happened and he was two Cy Youngs in a row. The Randy Johnson signing with the Arizona mm. Diamondbacks. Signed yeah. a four-year deal with Diamondbacks, won a World Series, won four straight Cy Youngs. I think mm. like those two deals are tied. And but right. you don't get stuff like that. You instead you get the Jason Hayward with the Cubs. They thought they were getting a stud and Ryan they, Howard, the Phil well, Ryan Howard was, you know, he, he, like, yeah, but Prince Fielder, like stuff like right. that, like injuries or inconsistency. So I agree. And I do think to an extent it's karma for how the Nats got so lucky with their free agent signings. I mean, Daniel Murphy, <laughs> look at that signing. Like one of the best – that's another underrated signing. Yeah, and that was time. karma. Um, maybe you put him in the bullpen. He worked in the bullpen in the playoffs. But also I think that's part of the reason he's like this because they just ruined his arm. Um, he had yeah. so much stress on him. And in the shortened season of spring training, amping up, amping down, it's just like – and something I would like to point out, yes, he's allowed 17 runs this year. A lot of that came in his last start. He's 11.2 ERA, but his FIP is only a 4.47, showing that he's got a lot of bad luck. 
If he finishes the season with a 4.4 ERA, Nash fans would be ecstatic, right? Right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. You know, it, it's it's difficult. Like, what do you do? Like, you know, I mean, I guess you know, I I think a lot of people right now are like, okay, I guess you keep throwing them out every five days. I think that's where we're at, and you hope it gets better. But, um, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a uh, big believer in that. They did ruin him, though. It's like, you know, I mean, we always see this every single time. Every single time you burn pitching the way that like World Series teams do it. It, you the bill comes due the the waiter ultimately brings you your check right max the meal ends the good times end the celebration ends and you gotta look at how much money you spend on expensive champagne bottles and you know uh whatever else louis the 14th whatever the hell else you bought and you got and you got and you gotta sign the check and you gotta pay the tip and you gotta do all that stuff and look the nats bill has been coming due now i think the problem is is that there was no like we're still competitive right afterwards? It was immediate crap. Like it was, it were bad immediately, and guys were banged up immediately. Strasburg was was banged up immediately. Um, Scherzer, you know, was the 2020 season was fighting through it back to himself in 2021. Yeah. Um, but Corbin sucked immediately. Like, like the the bill was due. It came due fast for them, and that was something I think was pretty hard to stomach as well. But yeah, I, I think kind of final thoughts here being like, look, like I guess. Patrick Corbin every fifth day. And I know this is not what Nats fans want to hear. I think this is the ultimate podcast where it's been like, sorry, Nats fans, we've solved nothing, but here's the thing. The team's bad. What do you want to do? Six and 14. It, it, you know, it's not going to get much better. What do you want to do? Do you want to, do you, do you want to, you know, I mean, now I would say like the bullpen to me is not a horrible decision to do. Um, they don't have anybody else to take the spot. I would say the one risk you run is if you put somebody in the, um, if you bring somebody in to start, or like, let's just say like you flip Austin Voth into a starter and you flip Corbin to the bullpen, like you run the risk of taxing other guys in the pen, right? Mm-hmm. If both doesn't work out, or uh, Matt, um, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Weirich had a good idea. Maybe you piggyback him, right? Maybe have somebody do the first three hitters of a game. Opener. Yeah, somebody have to do an opener, and then you bring Corbin in after that so you can try to get going. I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I think stuff's on the table, though. Um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to stuff like that. I think they should try some stuff, but you know, you always have to be assessing what your options are. So whether it's like a two week stint in the pen, maybe you skip a start or two, maybe you have him go a month in the bullpen, do a little internship in the bullpen. You know what I'm saying? Max, you know, maybe he's Victor Arano's intern for a month, gets Victor coffee and whatnot in the pen. Um, I don't know, but I'm open to trying different things. As long as you're not doing it at a certain cost to other guys. Agreed. I mean, and plus, if you do move, I mean, the problem of moving Corbin in the bullpen is just like, maybe it works. I'm just trying to think of like how often you'll be able to use him because he's a starter, right? He's on a routine. He needs to be, he's used to pitching every five days. Maybe right. going so many days without pitching won't work. But then again, the Nats are uh, currently really, really bad and their rotation is not going deep. So they might need him every three, four days to give three innings. So who knows? Maybe he will still be kept on his same rotate, uh, same routine just because uh, out of necessity. Right. It's, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what direction they go. I think it just ends up them tossing out there every, every five days. Uh, as, as creative as we're trying to be, I think, I think it's how it ends. All right, Max, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Um, check us out, Dish It On Deck, dishitondeck.com, Dish It On Deck on Twitter, writing about the game, live tweeting the games when we can, when it doesn't get too depressing. Um, follow me on Twitter at Maximum Raymond. 
uh like love talk nats dc sports all that stuff you want to be sad about how the nats now have three terrible dc sports teams you know where to find me all right, you guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO underscore Nationals. Wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Max, it's a pleasure, man. Once again, thanks, man.